Ladies and gents, welcome back. Pop Culture Podcast, Tyson Popplestone here. You're in for a treat today. I told you that we're mixing things up a little bit. It's not just me ranting at you for an hour about things I find interesting. <laughs> Every second episode, I'm going to try and bring an interview with someone I'm fascinated by, someone I'm interested in from all different walks of life. And today, we've got a man who runs by the name of Civilian. He's an ASX day trader, and he's also a musician, a really interesting combination to me. I found out about this guy about probably 12 months ago, pretty soon or pretty close to when he started his podcast called Slap Happy. Uh, the reason I reached out to him was because I listened to a couple of episodes. I started off listening to him because I just wanted to learn about what this bloke had learned in his first year of day trading, see if I could pick his brain or see if I could take out a couple of pointers to apply to my own experience because I need all the help I can get. And just through listening to a few episodes, I thought, hey, he's not only interesting on the subject of day trading, he's also interesting on the subject of life. I love listening to him break down uh, ideas around mindset and how mindset has uh, really helped him in his day trading and music world and navigate the difficult times of his life. So uh, hey, don't be put off. If you're not a day trader or got no interest in the stock market, I don't think you need to to enjoy this episode. I mean, I'm sure it would help. But the truth is, he's just an interesting guy speaking about the balance between the two different elements or the two big focuses in his life, the trading and the music. So it was a really good chat. It was only an hour. I, I didn't realize he had uh, had plenty of time. I called him at 4 p.m. I felt bad. I, I didn't clarify how long we were going to talk to. And then I saw we'd been chatting for an hour. I thought, oh, gee, he's got an afternoon to enjoy. He's got to go look after his lady and his dog. So I, uh, I let him go. But the truth is we could have kept chatting for ages. And I think we will. I'm going to touch base with him again soon and uh, see if we can come back on, get him on for a, for a round two. Um, hey, just so you know, I've upload or I upload these onto YouTube now as well. Just Tyson Popplestone uh, is the channel, and you'll be able to watch these over there if you prefer. So, hey guys, really hope you enjoy this one. Reach out to him if you enjoyed it. I'll whack a couple of his details below so you can connect with him. But uh, this is myself and Civilian chatting, trading, chatting music, chatting creativity and mindset, plus a whole heap more. Enjoy. So, what are you going to tell us, tough guys? My usual, zero, nothing. <laughs> Well, rock and roll, but mate, it's um, I'm glad to reschedule. Saying just before we hit record that we had scheduled last week, and obviously, um, uh, for for those who don't know you, you're in the uh, the ASX day trading world, and you were saying to me you got a little bit of a history when it when it comes to lining up a podcast and and day trading. So it was a uh, a bit of a nicer day for you today than what we had scheduled last week, eh? It, yeah, it wasn't. Um, I felt like my head was on my shoulders. Like, let's put it that way. Last last week, um, my head definitely fell off my shoulders. Um, could have been mistaken for having a pumpkin for a head. <laughs> and yeah, I just I just traded like I don't know. I just get into this mindset sometimes when I'm when I'm like I, you know I kind of start the morning bad or whatever. Or I'm just in a bad headspace. I, I like just get so tunnel vision, and I actually don't like stop and like breathe and kind of look around and go, oh wait a minute, it's all good. I don't have to like be a fucking maniac like I can actually I can actually step away from the screen and not totally destroy my life right now I just get yeah very fixated sometimes so um that was that was one of those days oh man so what was it last week what was it about your uh, your headspace that just wasn't right what did you say you got like a daily routine that you if you get started nicely you can uh you sort of just work your way into a sweet little rhythm and sit down at your computer a bit more relaxed yeah so I that was de that's definitely been a philosophy I've had for the last, say, like 18, 24 months. I've, I've really 
tried to focus on on that part of my life, the morning, starting the morning right, good morning routine. Da, da, da. There's a, there's been a bit of been a bit of learning that I've been doing lately, um, and some videos that I've watched by a guy named Alex Homozi. He's like a sales guy, like has a has an educational YouTube channel that he just basically shares his wisdom and he's really switch on guy. But he's been saying this thing that's really been resonating with me about how um, people tend to lean on um, these um, kind of rituals and habits in their life, whether it's like a morning routine, a certain bedtime, using like blue light blockers. You know, I need to use this. Med- I need to do this meditation every day, otherwise I can't function. I need to, you know, go for this jog every day, or else I can't function. I need to have this diet, whatever. People have these like uh, rituals and behaviors and habits that they that they need to do, like whether it's a coffee in the morning or a beer before bed, a drink before bed, whatever. And I think, um, like he just talks a, a lot about how. Um, yeah, w- even if you kind of perceive them as being good, if, if, if it's something that you rely on for your happiness and, and mental health and, and, and mental toughness, then, it, you know, what happens if that gets pulled away? You know, you're, you're helpless. So he talks a lot about how, you know, it's nice to have some certain things that you lean on from time to time, but essentially you want to be able to have this inner toughness and inner resilience so that even if you don't get to do these things, you're going to like kick on and, 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 and nail the day, whatever happens. So mm-hmm. I had this mindset and, and it's because I came from such a fucked up like past in terms of like my twenties was just like a total demolition job of, you know, every facet of my life. So I needed something to kind of like steady myself and the morning routine I think was that, um, now I'm starting to think, right, maybe I need to like go away from these rituals and habits and really kind of like test myself in the deep water because, you know, for me to go to the next level to kind of like, you know, ascend my current self, like I need to be, you know, put under a little bit more pressure now. And um, yeah, so that's, I guess that's a long-winded way of saying actually, yes, on Wednesday last week, I had this situation in the morning where my, I, I woke up and my dog had chewed up this like water sprinkling system in my backyard <laughs> and it kind of tilted me a little bit um, and it kind of threw me off kilter and then I actually traded quite bad on, on the Wednesday and then on the Thursday, I didn't mentally like reset properly and I just kind of like, I, I, I was very unconscious at the trading table. And when you're unconscious at the trading table, uh, the desk, like that's such a fucking horrible place to be in because you're, yeah, you're not stopping and thinking. You're just kind of like bouncing from moment to moment. And um, yeah, it ended up being really fucking shitty. Yeah, man, that's rough. Dude, it's really interesting to hear you talk about um, just that, like the benefit of, of getting a nice little morning routine in place. But I can't agree more when you talk about the idea that sometimes, you know, things just don't work out as they need to or as you'd like them to. And, Dude, I've got, I, I had like the ultimate morning routine. 18 months ago, I, uh, I got into like a little sweet spot of get up and go for a jog and do some meditation, have a green juice, maybe journal. And then, bro, uh, my wife gave birth to our, our first boy 18 months ago, which is obviously the best thing ever. But now the alarm clock is quarter to six and it's usually him crying saying, all right, time to go. And it's, uh, yeah. bro, it's really hard to explain to an 18-month-old that you just want 20 minutes to yourself to meditate. And I've sort of yeah. been finding, finding that same thing. Like I've almost been treating the um, 
I've almost been treating the the idea of just having to navigate my way through, you know, having to be a little more selfless with with him as the meditation because I, I notice in that situation, like my emotions, yeah, uh, my emotions start to one. fire up. Uh, I start to get frustrated and start to get a bit shitty yeah. about the fact I can't have it all my way. And uh, bro, definitely, definitely not a hundred percent success rate, but but there's a hundred percent ability to remember that in that moment, I'm like, all right. Like just try not to let your emotions get the the better of you, and that's dude. That's actually part of the reason I was super keen to talk to you. Because as much as I love uh, slap happy and hearing you talk about your trading and stuff, I'm I'm just as interested in in just the. It sounds like you've been through a little bit of stuff. I feel like you can always tell a person who's had to navigate some territory because <laughs> they're spitting out the most wisdom, even without necessarily trying to. And I get that vibe from you, just hearing you just talk to your mates or, or just freestyle your own thoughts. Like okay, this guy's had to navigate some some tough terrain and I was really keen to pick your, your mind about that because I know how, how big you are on gratitude and I know you just touched on the fact that your 20s was a, a I don't know how, how old are you now I'm 33 33 I'm 34 bro yeah so similar sort of territory but um yeah. it is interesting man like that idea of trying to navigate some tough times I assume there might have been a little bit of history there but but I'd love to just as a guess a little bit of a foundation just to get to know you a bit more as well man like a to, to understand where that that appreciation for that that mindfulness that gratitude that that journaling aspect of uh, of your life has sort of stemmed from um so do you want to know like what like that the the kind of like quote unquote hard stuff that like generated that mindset or yeah yeah know, like, like I was where, just interested right. to know where your interest in that in that scene of life came from because it's a uh, I don't know. I guess it's popular, but to hear survival. you speak about it, yeah. Survival. Like, honestly, I, I've had periods of my life, especially in the last, like, especially in the last five years where I've, like, looked at myself in the mirror or not been able to look at myself in the mirror and gone, holy shit, like, you're, you're destined for, like, loneliness. You're destined for, you know, you're destined to be broke. You're destined for... Like, yeah, just just my self worth, my 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 self worth has been like, you know, so low at so many times in the last five years, and, um, you know, I kind of I kind of saw myself as someone who like if I didn't if I hadn't if I if I wasn't able to change, I was going to end up being like broke, alone, in my you know mid to late forties without any idea what I'm going to do to survive like really like a real tragic kind of story where, you know, it's kind of like fun and funny when you're in like your twenties and maybe your early thirties, like some of this stuff can seem kind of like fun and funny, but like at a certain point in time, it becomes tragic. And um, yeah, I felt like I was on the trajectory to cross over into tragedy if I, if I didn't do something about it. So um, it wasn't as obvious as that um like seeing that i think i think also like seeing how much i like was constantly letting my family down um was pretty was pretty hard like you know i had i think one of the most powerful moments i had was probably um probably about three years ago i was still living at home um and two of my so i'm the eldest of five there's three younger brothers and then a and then a little sister and two of my brothers uh, one who's the one directly under me and one who's the youngest who like, 
you know, I love my brothers and my best mates, my, my, my family, like my brothers and my sister, are my best mates, like, um, and one day they kind of just looked at me and they said, Matt, you keep fucking letting us down. Like, like we love you and we, we want to be, we want to be there for you. But uh, and the reality is that, you know, you're not even trying really. And um, you keep hurting us. And yeah. And like, my youngest brother who I make music with, he said stuff like this to me before. So it wasn't that like, I mean, it hurt coming from him, but he's very outspoken. So I'm kind of used to it. But my, the brother underneath me directly, um, Dave, I really look up to him. I, 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 I see him as um, a bit of a role model in my life. And when he said it, cause he doesn't say a lot, it was like, Oh God, I like that really fucking hurt. Mm. So, you know, I just kind of, I just had to start looking at what was going on. And, and um, you know, I just realized that I was pretty selfish. I was um, pretty self-absorbed. Um, my ego was very good at blocking me from seeing the truth. Um, and, in fact, yeah, I just didn't want to see the truth because because seeing the truth kind of hurt. Um, yeah, I mean, I can talk about, like, at some point if you want what kind of led to that but that's essentially where it started turning and where I started like you know the wheels kind of started turning in terms of like all right I need to I need to like sort this out or else mm. you know it's not going to end up pretty yeah man yeah so what was um like if you're happy to talk about it what was it like when these guys are pulling oh, yeah. you aside and going hey uh like what you're letting us down man like what what's going on in your life it's funny bro because the the trading world's the trading world's interesting and, and and I know I'm sure you'll appreciate this but I'm on a uh, I'm on a chat group just online I'm trying to navigate my way through that I'm very new to it you know what I mean I'm I'm mostly just tuning in to these guys but but I know your reputation amongst a lot of the Australian traders they they really look up to you and admire you and maybe there's some jealousy about what you've been managed to a, a, achieve and it's kind of when I hear people speak about you from the outside it's always with a little bit of like awe. And, uh, and an element of respect for, for what you've been able to do in what seems like a fairly quick time in the world of trading. And it's I'm always fascinated when, when you actually get to have an honest conversation with someone and they go, hey, no, no, actually, like, like looks great, but there's still there's still territory I'm trying to navigate. There's like, bro, you should hear the, you should hear the foundation of where this was built from. So I guess that was my curiosity, especially at the start of the conversation, man, just to find out, like, what what was it that you were doing that was letting these guys down and... Uh, um, yeah, like because for for me, the idea of my little sister pulling me aside and going, "Toss, what are you doing, man?" Like it's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, oh, it was, it was, it didn't, you know, I, nothing, nothing could have stopped me in my tracks, just like it, it, as much as that conversation did, um, you know, and and you just, I, I guess, you just pray that you have enough good people in your life that are willing to be honest with you and have hard conversations with you because like honestly you know some people just don't have that and as shitty as some of my experiences were like if I didn't have people that I trusted and that were going to have tough conversations with me actually have those tough conversations then I'd probably still be on that trajectory so you know I'm just I'm very fortunate that you know my brothers were honest with me and kept it real with me and and fucking you know punch me in the face in, in a metaphorical sense um, to kind of waken me up. But 
I, I suppose what led, okay, so basically what led to that moment was um, like a, a, a culmination of things, but essentially it kind of starts like the long, long tail of it is when I'm 16 years old, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fanatical golfer. And I was like obsessed. I would get up before school. I would play holes before I went to school, like literally get up at like 5.30 a.m., go play a few holes, go to school, think about golf all day, get home. Go. So our house, the, the back gate opened onto a golf course. So I was really fortunate that I could just like go out whenever I wanted. And I play holes after school. Like, I, you know, in, in summer, um, I would play like, you know, 40 or 50 holes a day, like on a, on a, um, I was just like, honestly, I was, I was obsessed and, um, and I got really good, really quick. And, and I had like, I had, I had visions of, um, you know, turning pro and, and at least spending a life in golf somewhere. And when I was 16, I was on a golf driving range and I got hit in the eye with a golf ball by, by a buddy of mine. Um, it was an accident. Uh, the, the, the ball like kind of skewed off the side of the ball, uh, of the club hit me kind of just above the eye, knocked me out. Um, and basically I, I laid on, on the grass there kind of like lifeless with blood all over my face and, and my eye was out here kind of thing. And I had to get airlifted um, from Coffs Harbour where we were living down to Sydney Eye Hospital um, because they basically thought that the, the eye had torn open. Oh. Um, and, yeah, what a so, shit shot. So, yeah, well, honestly, if you if you knew where I was standing in comparison to you, you'd be surprised how I actually got there. Like it was, it defied kind of, um, it defied all, all, all kind of logic for, for a ball to hit me where I was standing. But but it happened, and yeah, I copped it. So um, I get flown down to Sydney Eye Hospital, and I had to undergo like a whole bunch of you know tests and examinations and stuff. Turns out that my eye didn't actually tear. Um, it's just like my, my eye socket got fractured and there was a lot of damage done to the eye, uh, which still to this day, like I have limited vision in my right eye. Um, but I did have glaucoma for a while there and I had all these, you know, complications with the eye, which, which might come back again in the future. So that was like kind of one part of it. Got him in the eye of the golf ball when I was like hell bent on becoming a professional golfer. I had this dream and this path set out that kind of got taken away from me in that moment because now like, you know, essentially I'm a, I, I became obviously fearful of stepping back on a golf course. So from then on, it was like a little bit of a challenge to go back on a golf course. Um, and so my parents sued the golf course for negligence because of the way that a few things were handled. Like they didn't have the ropes out on the, on the day that I got here, few, few other things, but essentially we, we sued them. I won 90 grand. Um, when I was, I think, 19, the, the case settled out of court. Um, and basically I got, yeah, $90,000. I remember the day that it went into my bank account, $90,000. And for, for a kid who like, you know, you know, we didn't struggle at all, but I never really had that much money and, um, you know, never more than like a couple hundred dollars. Now I've got 90,000 of them. And, um, I went and got myself a job at the casino in Sydney and, you know, moved out of home for the first time when I was 19, 90 grand in my bank account, you know, everything's all good. And then I discovered um, the pokies and, um, you know, kind of one thing led to another. And, you know, a couple months later, I'd, I'd basically 
dusted all of that money. Uh, before that, I'd given a bunch to my mom and my nan and pop and, and my brothers. Like I'd, I'd basically whittled it down. I kept about like 40 or 50 for myself. Um, but, you know, kind of like a bit of a, you know, a kind of psychotic spree of punting. I, I toasted all of it and basically um, had to kind of go back home because I'd quit my job at the casino. Like I worked there for like nine months quit the job to go play poker full time, dusted all the money that I had and now had no income. So I actually had to move back home with my parents and basically say, hey, mum and dad, I've lost all this money. And that kind of started this like really turbulent um, downward depression cycle, which lasted probably about five years or like four or five years up until like I was maybe 25 where basically all the money I got, I would just like either gamble or drink or just basically do some dumb shit with um, until I was like maybe 25, 26. And then, um, yeah, it kind of started to like wake up a little bit. Like when I got to like 26-ish, 27, but there was still like a lot of, I think there was a lot of lack of self-belief. Like my, my, my self-worth was just so low. Like I just pulverized any you know, potential to see myself as like a valuable member of society mm. to the point where like, you know, the relationships that I got into in my like, you know, mid to late 20s to early 30s were like hampered and, and marred by, you know, this this um, this ego inside of me that kind of like craved to be valued because I felt so um, unvalued for such a long time. All of myself own self-doing of course but um yeah it just kind of created this cycle like I just I really went around in this like loop of like convincing myself everything was okay then fucking up then then not really dealing with it then like just doing drugs or like drinking or gambling and then kind of like feeling like I'm gonna get good again and then fucking up again and then like it just started this like really vicious cycle of yeah just hurting hurting a lot of people around me not really taking anyone seriously taking everyone for granted and then yeah, eventually my brother's kind of stepping in and go and sort it out because, you know, we're pretty close to being over you. Dude, that's a crazy story. That's yeah. a crazy story, man. I'm still, I still can't believe you, mate, shot. I, I wish just for my own selfish sake I could see some CCT uh, footage because it sounds oh, like that shot. <laughs> what club did he hit it with? Uh, I think it was like a sandwich. Oh, no. Like he, he like shanked it off the side of the, of the, of the, of the club face. It like, I don't know, maybe it was like open and he was trying to like hit like a yeah, high yeah. loft shot yeah. and it just like skewed off the side of the club. So it's like, and it, and it, where it hit me, right? Like the, I remember really distinctly, we got into the, um, uh, the ambulance, uh, sorry, the hospital in Coffs Harbour and like my eyes like out here, blood everywhere. And I was like, obviously stressing a little bit in a bit of pain. Um, and the nurse kind of took me and my mum and dad aside and she was like, you have no idea how lucky you are, like an inch, like, no, not even an inch, like a centimetre or two to the right, I'm probably dead. A mm -hmm. centimetre or two to the left and I'd 100% lose my eye. It, like, hit me flush kind of on the bone oh. there. So I kind of, you know, kind of my, my eye socket absorbed the impact so I didn't have to lose my eye oh. and I 
you know, didn't have to die, which is also pretty cool. Bro, I'm um, such a pussy. I'm such a pussy hearing you say this story. I'm I'm trying to keep a straight face just so I look pretty for the cameraman, but it's <laughs> it's a tough gig. That's um yeah, it definitely makes me squirm. It's a it's yeah. interesting hearing you talk about your obsession as well for for golf, just to sort of to to track back to what you were saying there. It's that's one thing I've learned. So, man, just for, for what it's worth, about 12 months ago, I got interested in, in the world of day trading. Like, it started literally just with pretty much Googling what's a stock and, and just trying to figure it out from there. But, um, but man, I was, uh, it, it fascinates me just talking to people who are in the scene now, especially people who are doing it well. So, uh, actually, as a golfer, you probably know this, but my inspiration to get into it. So, a good friend of mine, uh, her, her name uh, was originally Emma Baddeley. It's Aaron Baddeley, the golfer's sister. Yeah, and his his dad is a, is a gun golfer, is a gun golf coach, but he also happens to be a, a gun trader, day trader. And I really? started speaking, speaking to him. Now, I think he trades Forex, I think. And uh, yeah. I, I started speaking to him a little bit. And because uh, I, I, I got to his house, man, he had like, he's got the six screen set up, like um, super yeah, clean yeah. office, just a real pretty, a pretty looking little room. And I was sort of, I had no idea what was going on. I was having a chat to him and he started just breaking down what he loves about, what he loves about uh, trading. And he was saying to me uh, that what was interesting to him is what he loves about golf is that constant attention to detail, just that there's like an infinite, there's infinite room for improvement. When you think you've just nailed it, you can go out next round and have an absolute stinker and and vice versa. He goes, some days you can just go out and it blows your mind. Everything just clicks and he was just breaking that down. He was drawing comparisons. And, and, and my background's middle distance running, man, which is obviously not as technical in terms of the yeah. skills you've got to learn, but the, like the appreciation for the discipline, the hard work, the adjustment, the rest, blah, blah, blah. I thought, man, there's some interesting comparisons that you're making to, to golf and trading as, as what I can see between running and trading. Totally. So it, it's always interesting, man. Like uh, there seems to be a real... OCD mindset, which is uh, which is quite common in the world of trading, from what I've learned. And as you're talking, I go, "Hang on a second. I feel like you you fit in nicely into that category, which is yeah, yeah, yeah. obviously when it's harnessed and controlled, a, a pretty powerful tool to to have at your disposal." Yeah, totally. And, and you know, there's there's that side of it, and also like this is one thing that I don't think gets kind of talked about enough when it comes to trading, is that. Um, and I, and I suppose it is something that's probably not talked enough about when it comes to like golf as well. There is, there's, there's a real creativity to like, once you like master, um, I guess a kind of like foundational set of skills, there's this real, um, you know, uncapped spectrum of potential creativity in both skill sets. Now golf, the way that I like, you know, have you ever watched like Phil Mickelson oh, play yeah. golf? Yeah, yeah. He's just YouTube like, you know, car- some of my favorite. Carrying the extra wedge, you know, always trying to like, you know, think about playing it off the hill down onto the like <laughs> slow back, you know, he's always like, like picturing a golf course in a like really particular way, right? Mm. Not the same way that every other person's going to. And in fact, like, you know, someone might kind of get up on a tee and think of like three or four different clubs that I can play a shot with, you know, and, and that, that's just perspective and creativity. And that's all in, in the eye of the beholder. Obviously you need that foundation first, but once you get that, you then, you know, have open slider to really attack it. However you see it. I see the same thing with trading, like, you know, people, 
people will look at like a chart or, or they look at an order book and there's, you know, four or five different ways that you can play any particular trade. Like, and, and I think, you know, the fact that there's always um, this opportunity to kind of like express yourself, see something differently. Obviously, there's the constant learning and building the skills and you can always trade something better. You can always have a better day, a better week, a better month, whatever. But, but just the creativity within each trade and just how you can like look at a particular chart or a particular news announcement and kind of envision three or four different ways to play it, I think is really fascinating. And one one thing that like really genuinely keeps me going every day is this, this creativity and this ability to kind of like, you know, make my mark and trade things how I want to trade them. Can you hear the dog? Yeah, bro, but don't don't stress. It's not bothering me. That's fine. That's fine, man. Do you mind if I just let her in because she won't stop Oh, barking? yeah, of course. Go for it, brother. That's fine. Sorry. No, don't Sorry. be silly, man. Bad Ed, come here. Come on. Come on. God damn it. You're going to have to edit that out. Sorry, guys. <laughs> She's a she's a ten month she's a ten month old Kelpie, and oh. um, like she's the love of my life. I fucking she's beautiful, but she's very <laughs> talkative. You know yeah, when man. she wants, she kind of waits at the front door, just barks until I open it for her, and then yeah. she'll like waddle in and sit in her particular place in the lounge room, and then she'll bark when she's ready to go back outside. <laughs> like she's it's a funny. little princess. Yeah, bro. It's funny you say it. it's more it's more stress on you than it is on me. I did um. I, I did a podcast interview with a bloke last week. He's a, he, he wrote a book about uh, all about rest and the benefit of rest. And uh, he must yeah. have been in an apartment in, uh, he was in Silicon Valley, San Fran. And uh, he goes, hey, uh, hopefully it doesn't happen, but i got a little dog uh, that just hovers around a little bit. Sometimes it gets a bit yappy. He goes, just fingers crossed it doesn't, bro. Three minutes into the conversation, this dog started woofing. I, I could just see the disappointment on his face. So uh, luckily it shut up just because my editing skills weren't that good. But yeah, it's a horrible feeling when you're on the other side of it. But um, but bro, yeah. Yeah, you're talking about um, but yeah, you're talking about just the creativity that comes with uh, once you've understood a skill. You're speaking about order books and the different ways that people place trades. Um, yeah, you're just unpacking that a little bit. I, I don't I don't think people like acknowledge enough that there is this element of trading called creativity, and. Because like his thing, right? And I'll give you a really good example. So, um, th- there's there's one really good example that that comes to mind. So I, I this is probably like two years ago. So my buddy Nick Fabrio, um, he I went out for like um, like lunch or I went to a doctor or something, and then I came home and um, this is like during the middle of the day, and one of one stock kind of had had some midday news. I think it was Blue Scope, Blue, Scope, Blue Scope Steel or something like that. And I looked at the chart and it went from like $11 and went basically vertical to like $12. And then it went in a straight line back to like $11.50 or something like that. And and it's, the chart looked like, you know, it looked like a lot of fun. And I said to Nick, oh, where did you buy it at? And he goes, what do you mean buy it? And of course, he waited until it got to the top and then he shorted it and 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 took took like the you know maybe 30 ticks 30 <laughs> ticks back down to 11.70 and it's just it's just you know it's just funny that like you know so many people would have looked at that thing and just played it so many different ways they might have bought the match and scalped them out really quickly they might have waited for like some kind of pullback and then and then added try to get big and you know hold it into the into the top there 
they might have faded it like like Nick did. But yeah, just you know, someone can look at any any chart or any move and just see like three or four different ways to play it. And um, yeah, just because of that, it, it just keeps the game fresh every single day. Like you don't know what you're going to get. You don't know what news catalyst combined with what volume profile combined with what order book setup combined with what tape you know like every single day is different and because of that like you you can't really wake up and come to the screen and feel like you've seen it before because you haven't yeah, man it's so you know? true so i would have you know what i would have i would have waited for it to go one tick higher just for absolute confirmation then gone long and <laughs> that's, my, that's just based on my uh my current reputation but bro you're so uh you're so right. Like, uh, that's one thing I've learned. I've, I'm just starting to get through the, I don't know how you went, like the first few months of, of trading, but interested to hear my, bro, it blows my mind that so many people get good at it. And honestly, that's one thing that I've, I've realized through this is, is it, there's so much crap to navigate through at the start that it, it really blows my mind that there's that many people out there who are that committed and that disciplined to learn and adjust and get back up from the wax that it, that it inevitably gives you. Um, I've got like a, a an appreciation, obviously, for the craft of trading more than I ever have. But I've got like a new appreciation for people who are in the scene doing it full time and doing it well because it's it's a it's a fairly brutal learning curve. Like um, especially, I was a little slow with the way that I went about learning. I was just I was trying to just chuck a couple of minutes here and there um, outside of a teaching job that I was just uh, trying to work through at the start. And it was it was the slowest process. I was talking to a I don't know if you've spoke to Jacob Lagana. He's a he's a bloke up in Brisbane. I think he yeah he, he mentioned that he'd spoken to you before. Um, he was like he he had quite a, a rapid learning curve. And I thought well it's something I think that if you want to get good at, you've obviously got to dedicate the time to. But but man, like the origin of your trading story. How did those first few months? I'll say that first twelve months look for you because I was listening to your podcast the other day and was comforted. By a couple of the boys just speaking about the uh, the, the negative equity curve <laughs> that took place at the um, at the start of their trading career, and bro, I'm I'm being very conservative. Like I'm like when I'm trading at the moment, I'm literally talking a couple of dollars just till I figure out what I'm doing. But um, yeah. but it's uh, it, it really is quite a brutal learning curve, and and just so much to absorb. Yeah, there is. I look, I, I have a I have a bit of a special story in a sense that um nick um took me under his wing and mentored me and um you know i i've i've been very blessed from the beginning because i i probably didn't have to look far to get answers to some questions that some people don't realize until like three or six months into their trading mm -hmm. career like there's some questions that i just got to ask day one and get answers to um, because he was right there watching me and, and, and kind of guiding me. So, uh, you know, mine's, mine's a pretty unique story. So I, I'm, it's a bit hard for me to really talk on the typical journey because I, you know, I had him watching me. I had someone looking over me. I had a mentor kind of helping me study and helping me ask the right questions and point out the right things in the order book and point out the right things on the tape and, yeah, and I can't imagine what it would have been like if if I didn't have him. Like, I I have a lot of respect for anyone who's like self taught and and just went out there and read and researched and study tape and study charts and you know if you're doing that by yourself and you're making a living out of this, like, man, fucking good on you because I don't know for sure if I would have. 
Like, mm-hmm. I would like to think that I would have, but, you know, I'll never know. Um, so, you know, I take it, I take it, I, I, you know, I don't take it for granted. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, my, mine's, a, mine's a very unique story. My, my equity curve was, like, essentially, I went the first, I think, two years without a red month. Like I, um, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's uh, that, yeah, bro. Far out. I'm not showing you my first couple of months. Then that's incredible, yeah. isn't I, it? I went two. I went two years. Like I think my first two weeks were red, um, um, and then every month, basically, since every full month I've done because I did the. I know I did the last week of um, August 2018. Mm-hmm. Last week of August 2018 was when I started, or uh, last week of earnings season. So I was red for like that first week. Um, but every full month I've traded, so from September 2018 to like, I don't know, like it was pretty much two years. I I, I didn't have a red month. Isn't that crazy? Um, yeah, and that, that, like there were some months, like for a big chunk of the first like 14 months, they weren't they weren't huge wins. I'm talking like I might be up 300 for the month or. Mm-hmm. Five hundred, a thousand dollars for the month. Like I'm not making a living off that, but yeah, I, 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 yeah, I managed to stay green every month for pretty much two years, which you know I'm pretty happy about that. Yeah, bloody oath, man. It's a, uh, it's interesting. Like even despite the fact you got a bloke like Nick in your corner looking over your shoulders, like it's still a, it's still like what I, what I've learned to appreciate, I guess a, a bit about it is just the, um. It's it's incredible. I've always called myself a, a relatively disciplined person, like to sit down at the computer and go, okay, well, I just bring the discipline from the rest of my life into here. And I was listening to your podcast a while ago and you were speaking about how sometimes like when you're under pressure, you can get super gambly. And uh, I was like, wow, like what a what a perfect description, man. Like there's so many times I'm like, all right, if I just press this, if I just press buy enough, like eventually one of them is going to pay off. And you speak about the, um, you know, that tunnel vision that you can get sometimes, and and, and like yeah. the inability to think logically. I reckon I've just I'm at the point now where I've started to just witness a couple of those little mistakes in myself. But, but in terms of, uh, I've heard you speak about the that like the uh, some of the losses that you've had to navigate, not necessarily on a, a long term, but maybe like a daily loss or a, a couple of days of, of of negative loss. And I'm really interested just to know how much of. Um, uh, like, as I've already said, like your, your mindset around the difficulties in your life is, it seems pretty obvious that you've got a good grasp on how to navigate those periods, whether or not it feels like that all the time. But but for yourself, like if you're having a little red run for a while, you start to feel a bit out of shape, a bit out of whack. Um, like how do you navigate that time? Because it's a frustrating experience, hey, when you, when you close down the computer, you've had a little bit of a loss. You're like, oh man, like made some silly mistakes. What a, a not a wasted day, but a frustrating day. It can be a hard. Yeah. It can be a hard time waiting twenty four hours to jump back on and have another crack. Yeah, to to kind of um. Well, I guess this is the important part: is that you're not you shouldn't be trying to think about trying to make up for yesterday, mm. and that's like that's something that I do kind of can get myself into trouble with sometimes trying to make up for yesterday. Whenever I'm trying to make up for yesterday, I'm like for certain am going to am going to make a mistake the next day. Um, if ever, I, whenever I make a mistake the previous day and I just come to the screen with a, with a fresh mind, like, all right, just got to do my job today. I'm going to, that's when I'm okay. Mm. You know, um, in terms of like, you know, dealing with the loss though, like I did speak about, you know, the first two years, pretty much green every, every month, the first two months, two years. Um, I did, however, go this year through like a, 
I think seven months I was in drawdown, no, six months I was in drawdown. So like not, not making any money basically for six months, just burning through my savings. Um, just really trying to, trying to recalibrate, I guess. Um, and it was really, really challenging. There was, it, it kind of like ranged from like, oh my God, I can't do this. I'm going to quit. Hmm. Oh no, I never thought I was going to quit, but like, oh my God, I can't do this to, uh, I got this. Um, I just need to, you know, focus on, on, on the one, one trade or one day, right. Just like kind of like shorten my, um, shorten my focus, do one thing right. And then, you know, then do another thing, right. But then, you know, start with this one. So it kind of range from, you know, both of those, like, you know, there were days where, you know, I really thought, fuck, I'm just like, you know, this maybe, maybe ain't for me. Um, but then there were days where I really just felt resilient and just kind of like, I think the key is to just focus on now. Like any time that I would like poke my head up and, and look at like project into the future, like, oh, what if I don't make any money for the next three months? What if I don't make any money for the next six months? Whatever. What, oh, I have this like tax bill coming up next May. Oh, what if I don't have enough money to pay the tax bill? Like when I start, oh, I've got to, oh, I've got to go to, um, you know, back to Sydney for Christmas to see my family. What if I can't, you know, pay for that? When I, when I start thinking about those things, that's when the pressure comes and that's when the bad trading really comes. Mm. It's whenever I wake up in the morning and one thing I've been trying to say to myself lately is, are you proud of your effort today? Are you proud of your effort today? If I can leave the screen and I can look at myself and go, do you know what? I was proud of my effort today. That's it. Mm. It's, you know, I'm not asking how many trades I took, how much money did I make, you know, what size did I get on? I'm not asking any of that. Just was I proud of my effort today? And if I can answer yes, then I've traded well. And if I can just answer yes to that enough times in a row, mm. then I'm going to be successful. That's you know, point. and... Yeah. And I just feel like, I feel like, you know, whenever, whenever, you know, bad things happen, whether it's drawdown, you know, financial loss, um, any, any kind of loss, really, it, it's the projection into the future that really stunts your growth. Yeah. Cause you start thinking about like, oh, well, what's, what is the ripple effect of this moment? How's it going to, uh, how's it going to change my life in six, 12, 18 months? You start like, you know, cause I'm 33 now, like I'm, I'm with my, um, with a, with a girl, we've been together three years and and all my friends are like either having babies or getting married or whatever. And so I've got to start like kind of thinking about those things. But those things right now stress me out mm. because I'm, I still, I don't feel like I'm financially secure enough to start a family. I mean, you kind of never are. But I, and when I start to think about those things, like put, pop my head up, look at the future. Oh my God, I need to, you know, have a kid and get, a, you know, that's when I start stressing out, like, oh my God, I'm, you know, I don't have enough money. Da, da, da. But then I like pop my head back down. All right, Matt, you know, you just got to fucking be proud of your effort today. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Um, what is it like when you're, when you're asking yourself the question, like, was it a good effort today? What, what things are you taking into consideration? Like, what, what comprises a good effort? So, on a, in a trading sense or? Yeah. Or yeah. Or? Yeah. Well, specifically to sort of, yeah, just that question that you're asking. I, I think you were speaking about trading. Were you like when you were saying yeah. like was it a good effort today? Yeah, I was interested to know just what, what what that means to you. Like what? How do you know? Yeah, so um, I know that I I'm I know that I'm proud of my effort if I haven't traded a lot of tickers. 
So like if I've only traded like one or two names, it means I've been decisive but disciplined. Mm. Uh, it means I've been intentional. Um, even if that, that one trade is a lot, like um, mon- uh, Friday last week, I took one trade, $300 loss, but it was the right trade. So like I was proud of that effort, you yeah. know. Um, so for me, it's not about win or lose. It's not about red or green. Um, it's about just was I proud or was I not proud? And, and proud to me is like, did I did I trade stuff that was in my wheelhouse? Did I, um, was I um, disciplined with my entries and exits? You know, did I did I see money on the table and scalp straight away because I knew that like, you know, I was, ha- I was happy to take a, a little piece of the pie instead of like, sometimes when I'm like in, in a bad mindset, I try to go for like home runs all the time. Mm. I'll like get really big in a position and then, kind of hope to like hit it out of the park, hope that it kind of like goes to the moon and I'm, I'm riding it the whole way. Like that's when I start trading bad, when I start thinking like that. When I, when I start like scalping and really just like taking my chops and taking the, taking the money that's on the table, that's when, I'm, that's when I know I'm trading well. So when I do that, yeah, I'm, I'm proud of my effort. If I scalped, if I traded few names, if I traded within my wheelhouse, um. If I, if I didn't kind of like trade, if I didn't give back in the afternoon, like generally like I'll, I'll make, if I make money in the morning, I have a tendency sometimes to give it back in the afternoon. Um, so if I don't do that, I'm proud of my effort. Um, yeah. Yeah. Awesome, man. Awesome. Now that's really good. That's helpful. Uh, in, in terms of like, it's so funny, man, that this is like, it's literally one one part of your life, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think in the scene that I've sort of uh, heard your name from, it, it started with the trading world, but it's uh, it's it's interesting because obviously you got your your world of music as well. And um, dude, I've seen I've seen a couple of new film clips being recorded uh, just the last last couple of days. Looks like an exciting time. Yeah. But I'm always curious to know, like, with with um, I heard you say a, again on your podcast that like if you've did I trade today? Did I work on music today? Good. Like, what's next? Is that the sort of is that the sort of structure? Is that the focus for for most of your days? Because if you're like you're spending so so many hours behind the computer doing your trades, and then obviously got your whole other like your whole other career. I don't know. I don't know what you see yourself as more. Like if you've got a uh, if you've got a bias towards like you, you call yourself a trader. You, uh, I saw your Twitter, your Instagram handle, which just describes it nicely. You know what I mean? Like ASX Day Trader. Um, can't remember it now. I froze. My day. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Why not? Yeah, perfect, perfect. Um, uh, is that a riff on Joe Rogan's intro? Actually, just saying it out loud. I thought, hang on a sec. Uh, Joe Rogan podcast by day. What did he? What did he say? Oh, uh, what no, is it? No, oh, no, train by day. Joe Rogan podcast by now. I don't know. I just uh, as I said it out loud, I thought this sounds familiar. But but bro, so you closed your computers down, and then what is it? It's time to focus on music. Like, are you writing? Are you? Um, like, what does that what does that balance look like? Because because my world here, bro, I don't, you're in Melbourne, aren't you? Yeah. Are you in Melbourne? Yeah, I was in Melbourne a while ago. So I'm, I'm, I'm up in Brighton. Queen. Oh, beautiful, beautiful, bro. Yeah, nice down there by the water. I'm uh, I'm yeah. around the other side. I'm in a, I'm in Queenscliff. Don't know if you know it. A bit past Geelong. Um, but uh, once I finish trading in the day, I'm usually going down to Melbourne to do a little bit of stand up comedy in the evening. So. So there's obviously there's writing, there's there's listening back to last night's set and making edits and adjustments and finding out what was funny and what was rubbish and where did you bomb and where did you kill. Um, yeah. And and when I hear people speak about music, like that creative outlet, I 
I get similar comparisons or similar vibes hearing people speak about comedy. So I was just curious to know how you balance the two worlds. Like how do you balance the time? How do you balance the energy? Um, so do you do, are you currently doing stand-up in Melbourne? Yeah, yeah. 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 Have you been performing like since, since everything opened up? Yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. So last night I was at a little place in, uh, in Brunswick called Red Betty. Which is just like okay. a, it's just like quite a small little club. There's probably thirty people in there, uh, but I'm down yeah. there. I try and do. How'd you go? Uh, last night was good, actually. It was uh, it was quite good, man. Um, so it was a uh, dude. I don't know how familiar you are with the comedy scene, and it's funny, man. Like you can have a, you can have good material, you can have great material. I actually, I was going to say this to you before when you were speaking about, um, you know, like how was your effort? Because the same question can be asked with comedy. Yeah. You can get up on stage sometime and you do the state, you might do the same set that you did last night and, and last night you killed. And then you get up, you do the same set with a slightly different energy in a slightly different room and bro, it can just fall so flat. And there's just, there's so many different variables that you're trying to navigate. Obviously it's like, all right, was, was my energy there? Was my material good? Was I too blabbery? Was it the right material for the room? Like what was the mood yeah. of the room? Um, yeah. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of reflection, um, and yeah, bro, there's a lot of red days to steal a trading term <laughs> where you get back in the car and you drive home. You're like, oh boy, that's a long, that's a long drive for, for what just occurred. I could have just done that in my lounge room. You know what I mean? I got yeah, the same yeah, response. Yeah. But um, I, I'm really attracted to that idea of, uh, of that constant refinement and that, that just trying to tinker a little bit of that golf mindset as well, just that constant, constant adjustment to like, hey, what, what are we doing well? Like what sucks? Um, and, and how do you flourish? So uh, for me, I enjoy that balance, uh, but it, but it seems like such a different world. It, it balances each other out nicely. Um, yeah, totally. But, uh, but that was one thing I was curious about, just in your world. Like you're doing, you're yeah. doing both of them at a higher level. Yeah. Um. So I guess you know I try to like straight after I turn the computers off. It's it's generally like um, it's it tends to be at the moment like uh time for my baby girls that's uh my my partner and my dog so they they get a little bit of <laughs> yeah yeah they, they get a little <laughs> they get a little tlc straight <laughs> after the market closes um yeah i look after the girls for a little bit and then you know generally like uh me and ness will go to the gym um and then i i, I don't really kind of sit down to like uh work on music until like you know seven or eight in the evening um after i've done like you know my 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 homely duties whatever like clean the house make make dinner um shopping whatever 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 occurs between like kind of 4 30 and 8 um and then it's kind of like after dinner like 8 39 i'll probably sit down at the computer and just just go all right well what do, what do i got to do basically like um there's a whole bunch of stuff within the the scope of where i'm at as a as a as a musician as an artist um you know, I might be, I might be writing, uh, might be recording, uh, I might be uh, editing a video, I might be setting up Facebook ads, I might be, um, I might be editing a podcast, uh, might be, you know, yeah, there's just a whole bunch of stuff that kind of encompasses, like, because I'm trying to basically um, have all the hats on mm. when it comes to like, you know, if you think about like a traditional kind of artists like you know 20 30 years ago they had all these different things like different um 
um, skill sets plugged into the actual creator or the musician, um, like booking agent, touring agent, um, you know, graphic designer, uh, you know, manager, you know, publishing, you know, record label, you know, you've got all these things that are plugged in. Like nowadays, if you're an independent artist, which like most of us are, I mean, you always kind of had to be all these things, but now you can actually be all these things. Um, you can you can do the PR, you can do the advertising, you can do the video, you can do the graphic design. So basically, I just kind of like get behind my computer and I figure out like, well, what do I have to do to kind of like just move the needle forward a little mm. bit? Um, then I spend like a couple of hours doing that and then go to bed really. Um, so it's, it's nothing like specific. It's just really whatever I yeah whatever's happening at this time so so the last six months i've been writing this ep with my brother so every night um i would sit down at the computer and either like work on verses uh, record verses um start preparing like bios and and epks and um either editing videos or um yeah just creating social posts and stuff like that so yeah just just basically try to get a little bit of um, just a little bit of work done so that I, so that the same thing that I feel like proud of my effort, like as long as I can like move the needle forward, as long as I know that I've like sat down and put some, put some attention in, yeah. um, you know, and yeah, I can, I can go to bed happy. That's awesome, bro. Did, did you happen to listen to Jules interview on Joe Rogan? Jules, like the, the pop, pop artist. Bro, this is so random, but so I, I hadn't heard of Jewel since like 1997. And yeah. the other the other day I got a message from a mate randomly. He's like, bro, have you heard the Jewel episode yet? I go, Jewel? What are you talking about, Jewel? No, I'm not going to listen to it. Like I saw it then, I was just going to yeah. skip. And uh, so I didn't really think much of it. And then uh, uh, about, about 24 hours later, another mate messaged me. He goes, Tice, you got to listen to the Jewel episode, like the best, best episode I've heard. I thought, hang on a sec. Like what's, what's going on here? What's, yeah, exactly my thought. And uh, man, I listened. I listened to this episode. I actually, for whatever reason, it came to my mind. I was like, I got to ask him if he's listened to it because, as a as a musician, man, like, and as a uh, like as a as a stand up comedian, I sort of I got an appreciation for the for the craft or the commitment to the craft that that you're in. Just like the the hustle, that constant work ethic that you've got to put in. And um, man, to hear to hear her. So essentially. Um, to to cut a real, it was like a three and a half hour podcast. To cut a really long podcast short. It essentially it looks at her origins as a musician. It looks at um, it, it just looks at some of the real early struggles that she went through to to get a deal, and then the latter struggles that she went through as she was trying to balance family and money and music. And uh, bro, it's just you you should listen to it, man. Because as I was listening to it, she's she honestly like I've listened to a lot of people speak about mindset in my time, and she puts things in a way where I thought, oh my god, like she's a she's a switched on you know i i ended that podcast and i thought all right i i took notes of about five or six different things that i was going to start to implement into my own life and i, I thought you might have heard it because i reckon a lot of what she spoke about is stuff that i feel like when i when i hear people say sav i go oh man like this is this is right down your alley so bro do yourself a favor check it out man i reckon yeah i, I reckon you'll appreciate it let me know if you Absolutely. if you get a chance to listen because i think you'll be a fan yeah okay don't be put okay. off by the 90s um the 90s pop image do you know because that's what it was to me i thought i can't be i can't yeah, be listening to this yeah podcast. that's so strange yeah like literally i haven't heard a song for like 20 years me either yeah or, yeah. yeah and then yeah right is she still creating music 
But bro, so this is what's cool about her. So um, she's still creating music. Can you hear me? It, Can you hear me? Okay, by the way. Yeah, yeah, got you good. One of my AirPods died, so I've, I'm down to one AirPod. Oh no, no dramas, man. We won't go for too much longer anyway. But um, yeah. I uh, w- one thing that I loved about what she said. So she said. Her first, I think she was like 18 when she got signed, but it was like a crazy right. journey to that. Like that's super young, obviously, being signed. Um, but it was a crazy journey to that. But then what what she explained, she said, I, I got to a level of fame that I wasn't comfortable with anymore. She's like, I just I don't like right. this level of fame. I don't like, she's like, I see myself more as a, an observer. I like to go out and watch people. And she's like, I was at a stage where I would cross the road and 25 people would cross the road with me because they just wanted to see what Jewel was doing. She goes, I had money. Um, but but I didn't have that privacy that I wanted. And I also didn't feel I had that flexibility to be able to create music that I actually genuinely cared about. It was like a, she's mm. like, I started to feel as though I was being put in this cookie cutter mold of, all right, so this is Jewel, this is the music she sings, and this is how she does it. And she's like, it was never really my thing. And bro, I'm a, I'm a massive fan of Bob Dylan. I don't know if you can see him behind me here, but yeah, I'm, a, yeah. I'm a huge fan of Bob Dylan. And, and what I love about him is, bro, he's got a career that spans 65 years, like even... Pushing, pushing on longer than that. And she went on a tour with him when she was like 21. And uh, wow. and for her, she was speaking about how he just, he, he changed the whole image of, of what she thought the music scene was. So she didn't just want to be this, um, this like hot to the top and then just disappear. She wanted to be someone who, who was around in the game for 60 years, but more than that, created music that she wanted to create, not what she felt her yeah. audience was expecting of her. Um, so she yeah. said, like, man, there was a couple of there was a couple of swings where she got struck out, and she's like, hey, you know what? It hurts, but but this is the music. This is what I, I decided to do. This is the kind of music that I feel called to create. Yeah. And um, yeah. and bro, she's just she's got like such a such a different mindset than than what I would expect from like a you know that Hollywood kind of scene. It's like all right, it's glitz and glamour and money and fame and carpets and slick back hair and big lips and whatever she's like man i'm not that interested in that i'm more interested in all right like what what brings me to life creatively all right let's go let's go Mm. and uh it just when she speaks about it i almost felt like i could just hear a weight off her shoulders compared to compared to that attitude that she used to have but but from what i've I've listened to of yours i i really think you're gonna enjoy it yeah cool that sounds awesome i like that a lot yeah man but Dude, I um, I'm not going to take you out for the rest of your, your rest of your Arvo because I know you have got your girls to attend to, but um, but it's cool to <laughs> no, finally get away. a chance, man. It's <laughs> nice to nice to have a chat to you because I've been a fan of your work and your thoughts and and stuff for a few months now. So it's uh more than that actually, probably since you started the podcast. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's been cool, bro. Cool to sit down with you. Yeah, thank you, Tyson. Well, um, I mean, yeah, if you ever if you ever want to just chat again. On your 100%, podcast, like, let me know. Yeah, hundred percent, man. I'll um, if you, bro, I'll shoot you a message next time I'm um, next time I'm down and around in Melbourne. If you want to come out to a gig or just see what it's about a little bit, it's a, it's a, it's a. Fun, yeah, I would. I'll try and come. I'll try and invite you when I'm in form, bro. So you don't come out and watch me bomb because it might uh, <laughs> no, no, you I might not want to be associated. I want to see the bomb. To be fair, to be fair, my mates always appreciate a bomb more than a good set. So yeah, it, it you know what? Would be because... more enjoyable. I'm, I'm, it's, it's, it is hard to like perform in general, but to perform when things are going bad and to like just keep toughening it out, Ooh. like when you know that like really, you know, the whole world is against you when you're on that stage, like that takes some fucking balls. And um, 
yeah, I, I, I would love to see that. Oh, bro. Like, you just watch my know, balls get sucked back up into my belly because they're so scared. <laughs> game over. Game over. Yeah. No, that sounds fun. Yeah, bro. All right, man. We'll leave it there. I'll cut the recording off. But, dude, that was um, that was sick. That was cool to sit down with you, brother. Mm-hmm.